we a week away from free agency beginning in the NFL? Yeah, you're you're uh, less than a week away. Less than a week yeah, away. Next Wednesday, the fifteenth, you can start signing players. The thirteenth, the Monday, is the legal tampering period. So in the next uh, week. The Bears, this is what's on uh, Poles and Eberflus and whoever else they're going to bring with them. Uh, Ian Cunningham, uh, the coordinators, I believe, the line coaches, they will travel together to the pro days, which I believe Jalen Carter just had his pro day, I think. I'm not sure. Georgia? Uh, Yeah, at Georgia. Georgia. Um, They will meet with the prospects, conduct private workouts with the top ones, and then following that, they'll do their own. No, it says... The next week, so early next week, right. a quick in and out at Georgia. Yeah, that's so, their pro day next week. And then they're doing Penn State, Ohio State, and Alabama. So usually when you go for the pro day, what you'll get there is just access to watch them do all the things that they didn't do at the Combine. And so Jalen Carter, Carter didn't will do run anything. The 40. Yeah. He'll do his weightlifting. He'll do the 20 shuttle. He'll do that. He'll give you the measurables that he wants to give you. I mean, he's... He's still as talented as he was before, before the news came out. Yeah. That talent's still there. Right. That talent hasn't changed. There's a little off-the-field issue that might be causing him some problems now. But the talent, you know what's there. You know how it's there. So the personal interview with him is going to be the important thing. I don't think he's going to sit down with individual teams at the Georgia Pro Day because of all the activity that's going to be happening there. But if you're interested in him when you fly him out to your place... And you work them out there, and you talk to them there. Right. That's when that personal one-on-one discussion is going to be. Tell us what happened. So they're really uh, because I, I've gone to Northwestern's pro day. Right. I've gone to Northern Illinois's pro days, and it's great as a reporter because the agents are there. Right. And you can always kind of you know talk on the side with the agents. So after their workout, and you see you know all the the representatives from the different teams with their stopwatches and everything. Sure. Um, do they? Do they get a, a moment aside with them? Not with the individual, I don't believe. Not at no. their pro days. No. Okay. It might be a quick hello, how are you? Right, that's but what I was... But not an actual sit-down interview, I don't believe. Because I feel I like believe. I've seen and them do that. the University of Georgia has so many players. Oh. And remember now, so they're going to Georgia to do that. There's a Georgia Southern. If they've right. got two guys that are eligible, All we'll probably come guys. up to... Yeah. All those guys from the small schools, yeah. Tennessee schools, yeah. that might be right across the border, you know, Tennessee mm-hmm. State, Tennessee this, Tennessee yep. that, they might come over. Small school over in the Carolinas, yep. South Carolina, North Carolina, they might drive into Athens to go into there. So there's going to be a ton of people yeah. there at that. And so if you're going to interview one, you're going to interview one of those guys that you might think, hey, we, he's got a fifth, sixth round grade. Let's talk to him there. He's a good player. We've taken a look at him. Let's talk to him a little bit there. But because I think there's so much activity happening, I don't know how much one-on-one time you get with individual players. Did you do a, a pro day? No, Eastern Illinois, we didn't have pro day. Did you go to someone else's? No. So what, what we did do, though, I went to the combine. So, oh, you were at the combine. I was okay. at the combine, so I put my numbers at the combine. Okay. I played in the blue-gray game. Okay. In 1989. So they had that tape. They had the combine. Okay. They had my tape. They had all types of tape on there. Uh, They had my medicals. They knew exactly about my knee. They knew everything. Um, Our pro days happened in the spring of my junior year. So my junior year, we had four or five scouts come out. Oh. And they gave us the Wonderlick test. They gave us the uh, 40 times. Remember the old Wonderlick? I love the Wonderlick test. For those people who say the Wonderlick test has no basis for being, you know, being there for as a cognitive test for football players, it's ridiculously stupid. 
Uh, I I did the, an interview with the guy who yeah. developed the new test, which is an intelligence test. It's yeah. a it's a personality test. They don't like the whole Wonderlick thing anymore. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it was very yeah. fascinating. But the Wonderlick test had its place. Sure. It, and it was very specific. How quickly can you process information? How quickly can you can you process can you take in the information? What's important, keep. What's garbage, you throw away. Okay, that's what that's what they want to know. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to give you a bunch of information. We want you to grab the important stuff that's pertinent to the question we're asking. Process it, give us an answer, move on to the next question as fast as possible. Because that's what happens in the NFL. Right. Right? So they want to know that. Now, it's not the end-all, be-all of anything. It's like everything else. It's a small piece of the whole puzzle. Right. It's a small piece of the whole puzzle. If somebody got a six on that test, that would not disqualify him. If somebody got a 50 on that test, that would not mean automatically he's a football player. No, that's not what it means. Right. Okay? What you're just looking is for the ability to process information quickly, to be able to take stuff in, to discard the garbage, to give you an answer, and to move forward without thinking about what you just did. So like a quarterback. That's why it's important. You, can, can he identify the blitz? Can he identify? Right. Yes. Does he see the sequence? Now he's seen it three times. Is he able to recognize right. it? Simple for me. It's right. just down distance, personnel grouping, um, formation. Yeah. That's it. Down distance, personnel grouping, formation, and then any motion. Can it help me not tell me what the play is? Can it help me get rid of plays? They don't screen. They don't draw out of this formation. Mm-hmm. When they finally get to it, wherever it's going to be, they don't screen and scraw. Uh, they don't draw or screen out of it. Right. Right. And they run out of the formation sixty uh, percent of the time. They pass forty percent. Right. Time. That's what it gives me. But I've got to be able to process it instantaneously. And a lot of times, individuals can't do that. They can't. I couldn't do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But there were some key things that I knew that helped me along the way. Let's and, go, and that's important. Let's go out to Franklin Park. Robert's been hanging on uh, as we were talking earlier about Aaron Rodgers and Diana Rossini's report that the Jets seem to be close to hammering out details to acquire Aaron Rodgers. Hi, Robert. Welcome into ESPN 1000. Uh, hey, thanks for taking my call. So my question is, if this trade does go down, what type of return will Green Bay be asking for or player-wise, pick-wise? I see. I did look online while I was on hold that Packers are 15, Jets are at 13. Um, with with Rodgers leaving, that can, and of course, impact our division. But can what the Green Bay get in return also impact their team in making it better? Also, thanks, guys. A second. Thanks, Robert. Or two seconds. A second this year and a conditional one for next year. Yeah, I was seeing Brett Far. Look up Brett Favre's deal. What happened when he went to the Jets? They said. Yeah, it was nothing. Might as well do the same thing. Yeah. Might That's as well do it, it. It pretty it's much damn is near the identical. Same. Though, if Green Bay would have traded Brett Favre to Minnesota, they would have capitalized. And they would have really gotten a return for Brett Favre. Mm. But because they didn't want to trade him within the division, they decided to trade him to New York and they settled for what New York was willing to give them. Yeah. So that's the one mistake the Packers made in that whole thing. But they knew Favre wasn't done. That's why they couldn't trade him to Minnesota. After one year in New York, he went back there and almost got him to the Super Bowl. Right. I remember that. Yeah. 312-332-3776. Let's go out to Rudy, who's up next on Carmen and Yurko with Peggy sitting in for Carmen. Hi, Rudy. Hi. How are you guys doing? Peg, first time I heard your voice, you were working with uh, Kevin Matthews. A long time ago. Those were the days, huh? Jimmy Shorts. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Thank you, Rudy. 
<laughs> you know, it's it's sort of kind of understood in the NBA that the players are kind of running the league. With the NFL now, what if what if you get a group of really good quarter, four or five really good quarterbacks, couple really good wide receivers, throw in a, a stud defensive back, and you get a group of, group of players that take the position that they want guaranteed contracts. But I don't I I don't know if that is impacted by the you know players agreement. But could you see that happening? Yeah, listen, Rudy, the players can say we're not going to play until we get guaranteed contracts. Okay. But there's not a there's not an understanding of the NFL player, a historical perspective on who the NFL player is. Right. Their careers are so short, right? And there's so right. many oh, injuries. Yeah. There's so many injuries that are in here. Uh, the NFL player is worried about himself, and he's worried about the contract that he negotiates. Um, the individual player is not worried about getting Jimmy paid down the line or Ricky paid down the line. The NFL player is worried about getting himself paid. And when you have a salary cap situation, um, you know if you're talking about a bunch of players from different parts of the league, we're not going to play until you're guaranteed. You know what each team's going to say? Okay, you ain't got to play. Not a problem. Okay, now, and you can't do it all on one team either. Get a bunch of guys with one team that say we're not going to play because we want guaranteed pri- uh, contracts because who's going to decide who gets paid what? At the end of I the day, more, everybody's greedy. I got one more quick one for you. It's about the guy that called earlier. Yeah. Could you see them could, could you see them packaging Bakhtiari with him and getting more draft capital? Wait, packaging who? Bakhtiari? Bakhtiari's done. He hasn't played in two years. Well, they just, I, don't think I, think they, they just, I don't think Bakhtiari's worth anything. He'd fail any physical that he'd take. That's what okay. I believe. Listen, when I you can't read. play when you can't play in the NFL for the better part of two seasons, uh, you go to a new team and they check that knee out, I guarantee you Bakhtiari can't pass physical. Do you know how Eric Dickerson's career ended? How? Eric Dickerson was with the Atlanta Falcons. The Green Bay Packers signed him. The Packers brought him in for a, a physical. He failed the physical. Oh, wow. That's how his career ended. Wow. Oh. Never signed with us. Came on. We failed him on his physical, and it was over. That's it. Wow. Rudy, thank you, by the way. Yeah. Um, do you think how much, how much good football is left in Aaron Rodgers? Oh, I'd say at least a couple of years. You think so? Yeah. So oh, last yeah. year was just a blip because they lost. I mean, he lost his receiver. He's a back-to-back NFL MVP. I know. And all of, not just his receiver. They gave him two new receivers. One of those kids couldn't catch the ball. First game of the year, the ball's coming down the field. It's right in his hands, and he dropped it. Yeah. If that doesn't make a difference in a football game, I don't know what does. It also is his understanding then that this is going to take some time. And then Romeo Daubs takes it. Alan Lazard was their number four five receiver. Right. When your number four or five receiver becomes your number one receiver, well, that's a problem. I mean, whose wide receiving core was worse last year at the beginning of the season? Was it the Chicago Bears or was it the, the Green Bay Packers? Packers looked pretty now, bad. Now, by the end of the year, they, they were I catching taken, the ball. I would have taken the Packers receiving core over the Bears every single time. Yeah. But at the beginning of the year, they were both pitiful. But they were pitiful on the rise where the Bears looked pitiful and just were pitiful. Seeing Aaron Rodgers in New York is, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around how he will fit in. Because this is a guy who loves the spotlight as much as he says he does not like the spotlight. He loves the spotlight. Can you just see him, how much he's going to be like jarring and jawing with those fans? It's the same problem 
um, that runs into any veteran player that joins another team, and you've got a bunch of young kids on that team. Aaron Rodgers is 39. These kids are 22, 23. Right. If you don't think that's not a different world, it's the same problem. Totally different. It's the same problem Brett ran into. Brett ran into that problem when he left the the Packers. Hey, Brett had the problem when he was with the Packers, and he was trying to get along with all these new guys. Right. You know? You don't, you don't have anything in common to talk about right. except football. Not anymore. Not your music. Nothing. Not the women. Right. Nothing. Now you've settled down. And you, oh, you're hunting and fishing. You're doing this. These kids are on the prowl if they're single. They're out. Where are we going to go? Oh, what are we going to do? And, and listen, and Brett did that all the time. When Brett was young, it was like him, Frankie, and Chewy. Where are we going? Here we go. We're out for the night. Boom, boom, boom. You know, McSwiggins, they're at. They're everywhere. Yeah. They're having a ball. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> now you're 39. You're not having a ball no more. You know, what are you looking to do? I mean, I'm thinking about taking an Epsom salt bath tonight and turn on a movie. What do you think? I yeah, mean, exactly. 22-year-old right. kids ain't doing that. I know. I so know. So that's the challenge any older player has in dealing <sighs> with younger players. I remember meeting Bern Brostek. Not Bern Brostek. Uh, who was my guy from Seattle that played with us? Played for the Cincinnati Bengals also. Uh, was an off- Blair Bush. Offensive lineman was in the Pro Bowl a couple times, played in the Super Bowl, was a short snapper and a long snapper for the L.A. Rams before he came over to us in Green Bay. So he's with us in Green Bay, and we're talking, I'm 23, he's 35, he's talking about automated ski tickets for uh, Snowmass and for Aspen (laughs) and for all these places in Colorado and trying to automate the system. This is back in 1991. Automation of ski lift tickets, and he's got the company, he's got the UPC codes, and they're trying to get this so it's automatic when people come through. And I'm like, what? You're talking about what? I, I, I want to make the team so I, you know I, I can get myself a house. Yeah, you know, we're on different worlds, yeah, different paths. Yeah, totally. These, these totally. guys are creating businesses for the rest of their lives. I, I'm just trying to make it through the day. This could be the biggest crash in New York. After what happened last year. Hold your thoughts. When we come back, we've got to do McKnight at the movies. Everyone gets to take part in that. We've got a prize pack to give away for that. Also, tickets to the 25th anniversary giveaway as well. All of that and more coming up on Carmen and Yurko. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is ESPN Chicago. Chicago's Home for Sports. McKnight at the Movies. Connor McKnight recreates classic cinema on Carmen and Yurko, only on ESPN Chicago. That's right. Time to play McKnight at the Movies. It's my favorite time of Thursdays. I love to have a good time with this. Remember... Uh, 312-332-3776, once you know the answer. We're going to play it in three parts, right? Three parts. We're okay. going to give you one. We're going to talk it's about it. virgin run. Oh, welcome aboard. Welcome I'm excited. Aboard. Yeah. Then we're going to play the second part, and then we'll play the third part if you know the answer, 312-332-3776. And uh, don't forget, you and I get to communicate in between all of these. So, so I should not be guessing, though. 
We don't guess out loud. Okay, no. Only, we'll talk okay. about it if we think we know it and we can write it down. We can show each other, but we don't want to show the Twitch audience because the Twitch audience oh. likes to play along. Oh. Uh, don't forget, you can watch chat. us. Don't cheat there. Too. You yeah. can watch us on Twitch today and every day. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 yes. Chicago. And there's no cheating by looking at Twitch either because they'll come up with the answer and they'll have oh. it. So okay, do you not twisters, use man. And we begin. Our scene opens already thick with drama. The score begins to well in anticipation. A man, our lead character, jostles back and forth, but in frame as he addresses a large group. There's some question from the masses as to who this character is, as though the man could not measure to the myth. With candor and wit, our man dispels that notion and gets the crowd behind I've got it. The music settles just a bit, but still provides backbone for what is clearly a once-more-into-the-breach kind of moment. Up and down the line he goes, I've stirring the hearts of these what? men, convincing them of what must be done, and stealing them for what lies ahead. Speak. What? Don't. Oh, gosh, I don't think I know this one! That's the main character's name. All right, I don't. I, I this three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you know it, I have it. I have not, it. Not at all. And, and the actor. Oh, well, let's guys. Let's do this. Let's find out more about the actors. A bit on our actors. Our man is an '80s and '90s star with a less than stellar reputation. Most of the rest of the movie is made up of legendary that guy actors opting in most places for people from the island for authenticity's sake. The judge from A Time to Kill, a late 90s Bond girl, the bad guy from Equilibrium, a Mormont from Game of Thrones, the guy with the face, a guy up for an Oscar this year who's also the father of a famous actor, oh, and Logan Roy. Okay. Does it get how better you, now? How did you, like you... The initial scene. Oh, my god! Of him addressing the men. Okay. That's how I got uh, that's it. That's what I was trying to think of, yeah. scenes like that. Yeah. Okay. And then when he went into the breach, my good friends. Okay. That's how I got it. 312 I still would not have gotten it, so... you had it... I'm looking to see if we have a correct answer. Do we have the correct answer? Well, yes, we do. Do we have one more part? We are. We're going to go what to is, one more part. What is that? What, what is the last clue? Is the it last clue is just the kind scene? of the culmination. No, it, it will really give it away with the clues and the hints okay. to make sure everybody gets it. Okay. Part three. Back to our scene. As he rides facing his men, our man puts a challenge to the group. It's met with defiance, as though this mounted warrior asks too much of a group that's managed this injustice for so long. The speech now turns to an impassioned appeal. I hated he decries the tyranny of the throne and cautions against the regret each man faces should they choose to keep their heads buried in the peat. The music rises. The man screams freedom. And although this historical drama lacks almost any accuracy, yep. it does pull at the heart and reminds at least this Scotsman that the ah, English right are never there. too many. Ah! I, I think we have a winner. I, I remember... You don't want to eat from the scraps of Longshanks' table. If you remember, that's one of the lines from the movie. I, I hated yeah, I know. this movie. I know. So we're going to go to the winner. Uh, the winner has got what name? Is where from where? Which uh, we've we got, got Joe, a lot of Joe from Aurora. Joe in Aurora. How are you, my friend? What is the answer? That movie is Braveheart. Braveheart, it is. I got it right away. Let's go for the reveal. Sons of Scotland, I am William Wallace. William Wallace is seven feet tall. Yes, I've heard. Kills men by the hundred. And if he were here, he'd consume the English with fireballs from his eyes and 
bolts of lightning from his arse. I am William Wallace. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives? But they'll never take our freedom! Oh, that's moving. Uh, that's moving. Now, Yurko immediately yes. wrote down William, William Wallace. Wallace. Yeah. Immediately. Because I couldn't think of the movie right away, but I said William Wallace. Uh, then I came back and I put Mel Gibson in, yes. on top of that. And then you knew at that point. Yes, yes. And then when the third clue comes... That's when you really get it. Well, once they said the Scots, yeah. I, I was like, okay, yeah. okay, the Scottish Patriot, he revolted. I got it. After the love of his life was killed. And yeah. He's a well, represent- he married he's, her. Remember he's, they got married. That's right. He, he represents a, a freedom. Of, yeah. of of free Scotland. Well, and remember, he was. I hate, a, I hate those types of movies. He was a learned individual too, because when his uh, father was killed, his uncle came and took him away and taught him Latin and taught him this and taught him that, and uh, you know, when he met the Queen, uh, when they had that little meeting, he started speaking Latin to her, and then he spoke Latin to both of them. That's crazy. And then she dismissed him and said, "You can go." And then they had the one on one conversation. Was he really speaking part, Latin? Uh, I believe in the movie he was yeah. speaking Latin. Yes. But the best part of the movie is when the, the princess, at the end, when the, the, the Longshanks is dying, she goes to him and says that the, there's a baby in my womb, but yeah. it's the baby of William Wallace, and he'll be the king of... Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's the... I don't even think I, stayed, kinda, I stuck around for the end He curdles on his own blood. He chokes oh, on his own blood as he dies. Oh, gosh. But, like, I saw Robin Hood the other day uh, with... Uh, who's the gladiator? What was his name? Russell Crowe. Oh, Russell Crowe, So yeah. there's a Robin Hood that is done by Russell Crowe. Is one of my favorite Robin Hoods. Because there's, like, a 75 Robin Hoods out there. Okay. So this Robin Hood, in particular, I enjoy. When it's on, I watch. I watch. That's it. When that one comes on, really? I'll stop what I'm doing. I'll sit down and I'll watch Russell Crowe. Yeah, you should You should check it out. I don't. That, you that don't like whole, period pieces. I, I do. Not. Did you not watch Game of Thrones? The whole I Game of Thrones? I did watch thing? Game of Thrones, well, I mean, but what, it really took me. That was the first thing that turned me around to the period pieces. Okay. Because I typically can't sit through it. I don't right. understand it. I mm-hmm. don't understand you know the whole history of it. Uh, but Game of Thrones got right. me after a few. So here, here's one I think you'd like. Pride and Prejudice. Have you seen that? No, but okay. I think that's a period piece that you would that's enjoy. That's my mom's favorite movie, yes. I think, of all time. It is. And I who, watched that. Who is in it? And that the, is... Uh, the, uh, the, the cheeky pirate from... Uh, uh, I forget her name now. I can't pull it. Do you guys know the name of the girl? 
pulling it up right now. Yeah. That's based on oh, Jane Austen. Yeah. Oh, Kira Knightley. Kira okay. Knightley. Kira Knightley. Fadian from uh, Succession yeah. is also in it. Yeah, Kira McKnight- Knightley, though, plays a little bit of a spitfire of an English woman. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I think you'd appreciate it. And she doesn't take gruff from anybody. All right. If you've never seen this, which I'm shocked, I am absolutely stunned. Matter of fact, Kira Knightley at that time, at that point might be the first feminist out there. And this is a period piece from the 1800s or 1700s. Right. Okay. Yes. All right. I, I would call her the first feminist in any movie. In any movie? Yes. And the character? The she first feminist character? Ground. She stood her ground. What? Yes. Seriously? No. I think you'll that enjoy was, that, it. That movie's only a, a couple years old. Pride and Pride. What are you talking about a couple years? That's two years. This thing wasn't made in 2021. It's 2005. Pride and Prejudice. What are it you looking was? at? Yes. Oh, gosh. Come See, on. I don't watch. Okay, you're right. November 2005. All right. Emma Thompson's in it. All right. It's All a right. good movie. I think you'll enjoy it. I can't tell, though. Uh, Jeez. I know. Well, I'm just kind of... You're a rough one to read here today, I will Ken. say, Matthew McFadden, or McFadden, or however Whatever. you say McFadden, it. Yeah. McFadden, is that how you say it, from Succession? I just started watching Succession. You're, you're going to love it. I and. And his character makes me laugh so hard because he is he is such a soft boiled egg. You got you got to crack a couple of Gregs if you want to make a Tomlet, Peggy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> is that what they say in Succession? Yeah, that's that's like they're reading a Congress deposition, and that's an email they read off. Oh my gosh! All right, well, one of these one of these weeks, I will get. McKnight at the movies, yeah. but I, mean, I don't I, think so. I, can't I did a good job on visual- this one today. I feel that good about myself. incredibly quick that you got that. sometimes I'm dumbfounded and Karen goes, I got it. And I'm like, how in the... These guys are good. Blankety blank do you get this? Wow. But you got to get in the mind of McKnight. Yeah. That's my next segment with him. In the, mind, the mind of McKnight. In the mind of McKnight. Yes, in the mind of McKnight. That would be good. Yeah, with a British accent. That, 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 all right, when we come back, let's do the 25th anniversary giveaway. We'll talk more Bears, more NFL free agency, and what's going on with the quarterback carousel in the NFL. More to come here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN ESPN Chicago. I am so looking forward to the 25th anniversary party here at ESPN 1000. As am I. Right? All these people I haven't seen forever. It's going to be fun. I saw Artie at Tweeter one time, the Tweeter Center in Tilly Park. Yeah. Artie and the wife, they were yeah, out there. Really? Yeah, really? Wow. I saw Dr. Ernie Scanton. He's still on radio at WGN. Ernie was my producer on Saturdays yeah. when I did The Point After. Billy Phelan walks by every once in a while. He's a bailiff in the court system. He is? Yeah, so Billy comes by every once Come in a while. Come on. He lets me touch his gun. <laughs> wow. So much fun. I didn't know he was doing that. Shows me his badge. Yeah, all guys that used to work here an extended time ago. Yeah. Do you do you remember, um, I don't know if you were there at the time when... Jerome uh, the homie? Oh, gosh. I was there for him, yeah. I forgot that he actually worked with us there. Yeah. Um, no, I was going to say... Uh, Traffic uh, reports. Layla Ali's sister. She was here, yes. She was in sales? Yes. I think she was in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband was... Muhammad um, Ali's daughter. Yeah, it was Muhammad Ali's daughter. Uh, Curtis Conway. And No, that's... That's, that's uh, Layla. Layla's husband. Okay. Um, but uh, why am I forgetting her name I now? I don't know. But her husband, by the way, was a restaurateur. He oh, was a chef. Lovely. Yeah. So I was just thinking about it. Oh, and then, you know, 
Not Bobby Flay. I mean, no, no, no. Who know? Who knew? Like now, it's like that's the most recent thing to get canceled. Like not supposed to talk about when you go to nice restaurants and stuff. Because Why? Of the, because of the whole, yeah, you know, how bad the industry is. Every industry doesn't matter. Every industry. If I want to talk about where I go, needs I talk to be cleaned up, it. right? Nobody gets to tell me what I can do and not do. I know. So okay. So if you want to win a pair of tickets to our 25th anniversary on March 24th at the House of Blues, you have to be the first one to answer this question. You want to you, you want to give the question out there? What did Yurko oh. throw at Danny Zetterman? The day Dennis Savard got fired. In a pre-show meeting. Yeah. 312-332-3776. What did Yurko throw at Danny Zetterman in a pre-show meeting? If you guess this correctly, you'll get a pair of tickets to our 25th anniversary oh party on March 24th at the House of Blues. Um, that should be fun. I once, and this isn't the correct answer, but I'm going to let you know. I was so frustrated with the computers here mm-hmm. on the seventh floor at the ABC building. Back then it was Emily Bars. We used to call it the Emily Bars Center. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we, I mean, she was the president yeah. of ABC. So, yep. I mean, it was easy for us to say it's the Emily Bars Center. And uh, e- EBC at that time. <laughs> it's kind of like EBC instead of ABC. <laughs> That's good. But my computer wasn't working. I picked the keyboard up, and I and I slammed it on the ground, and oh. the letters went bouncing what? all over the place. Yeah. I didn't have a QWERTY keyboard anymore. It was just an URTY, because the Q and the W were gone. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Livid. And then uh, I called Boschers. Boschers, my keyboard had an accident. Oh, then my Bob gosh. Then Bob unwrapped one. He brought it back in. He goes, uh, yeah, these things were getting old, York anyway. Bob Boxer, one of our former engineers yep. here, along oh. with John Herney. I hope both of those boys are going to be there, too. And what did Bob Boxer do before he joined the radio station? I believe he was a key grip on a movie site. In the porn industry. Or was he the best adult film industry? I'm sorry, adult porn is, film. Porn has got such a negative connotation. A negative connotation, yes. Some would say he was the best boy. Bob Boxer. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, was he the best boy or was he the key grip? Yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> he's the best boy with a key grip. Someone's got to be the warm up act. <laughs> the gaffer. The gaffer. You had him as another type of offer. Oh, no, my heavens. I did not. Oh, wow. I did not. Wait I hope Bob's a- not listening. Is um, Bill Simonson invited? I, I would assume Huge is invited. Huge was here for the, the beginning of this show. all. Well, and Canals is coming. You know Lou Yes, well, coming. I saw Lou was coming, but I yeah. didn't see anything about Bill Simonson. Maybe he's in Lissell. Well, you can't have a you can't have a history of ESPN one thousand without Bill Simonson, can you? No, that was that was headline news. I, I got a chance to hear. Uh, I, I drove a lot, you know, taking my kids places and coming back from hockey rinks in Detroit, yeah. in Grand Rapids, in uh, uh, Fort Wayne, all over the Midwest. We 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 traveled to a lot. And uh, your weekend stuff, and then I'd hear Huge on at night. He'd be doing the national show. I did hear yeah. him doing the national yeah. show for a while there. Let's go out to New Lennox. Ryan thinks he has the right answer. What did Yurko throw at Danny Zetterman in a pre-show meeting? If you're right, you get a pair of tickets to our 25th anniversary party, March 24th. Hi, Ryan. Hello. I think that would be a telephone he threw at him. Wow. Alexander Graham Bell. Yes. <laughs> Tell us the circumstances, Yerk. No, what happened was Savard got fired. Right. Right. Four games into the season, Savard got fired. It's when they got, uh, I think it was Cristobal Huey and they got, uh, they got uh, Brian Campbell. Mm-hmm. So they made the acquisitions. Things didn't start out well. I had bumped into uh, 
John McDonough and Mark Bergevin in a con- uh, they had a conversation outside, like when they had like their fest before the season. They had guys rollerblading outside, playing in tournaments. Inside, you can go in. They had card people around where and pictures and stuff like that. And I caught those two in a conversation. Not I caught them. They were just having yeah. one. And Joel Quenville was then acquired soon thereafter as right. a consultant to the team. So I never put six and seven together and got 67. You know, I got like different numbers. But that was the beginning of the end, I believe, for Savvy because training camp had already started. And not everybody liked the way Savvy was getting things done on the floor, right. on right. the ice. So, you know, it all led to four games in. They underperformed and bye-bye Savard. And then we're there and we're doing our meeting. And Danny's thing was we're not going to talk hockey all day and we're not going to talk Dennis Savard all day. And we're there's and I go, if we're not going to talk about Dennis Savard on the day he gets fired, when are we going to talk about Danny Savard? And Danny was holding his ground. Danny was not going to give in. And the wall, the, 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 the telephone, I picked it up and it came flying out of the wall. And then I was throwing it for effect, I say, just across the room. Danny happened to be as the room was being crossed. But I chucked it over his head, and if you'd ever seen the mark it made in the wall, in the back wall, it went over his head. It cleared his head. He's not eight feet tall. He's not Will Chamberlain, is he? I don't know that. I can't tell you that. He's not Yao Ming, is he? (laughs) He's not Yao Ming either. And And it hit the wall, and then we had meetings after that. Danny vouched for me, and they didn't feel threatened. I said I didn't really throw the phone at him. Did you get in trouble? And we had a conversation. You can't throw Wait. telephones in an office space and second. think there might not be a little reprimand going on. Yeah, so who was the who was the station manager at the time? Jim Pastor was here. Okay. And I but believe you didn't it was get suspended? Justin Craig. No, because Danny vouched for me. He said, no, I never felt threatened. You've never been suspended in radio, have you? Oh, wait, you have? Oh, whoops. Wait a minute. Seriously? Well, I know your partner did. Before the Detroit uh, Super Bowl. Remember the Detroit Super Bowl? Not Detroit Lions were playing in it, but we went to Detroit. Seattle was up there playing Pittsburgh, I yes. believe. yeah. Before that Super Bowl, there was a little dust up here. With your the... show? Yeah, well, I mean, Come it was on, with the show. Gotta... No, it can't. It was with something that was said on the show. Um, well, we've got new ownership. We could we could probably talk about it. Yeah. I'm not going to say the words today that I said then, okay. which would have caused, you know, even caused a bigger stir today. But something was said, and then when meeting with the lawyers from uh, ESPN, uh, those names shall remain, you know, in in a uh, phone conversation. I said something, and then I was upset, and then I told them where exactly what I thought of them and what I, th- you know, in the meeting or on been, the air. No, uh, in the meeting. Okay. I, 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 it was not professional. I would say it was unprofessional. My response to the lawyers out in Bristol, let them know exactly what I thought of them, and uh, there was a problem. Really? I said, I said listen, if if it's over, it's over. I said, I'm not going to go gentle into the good night and be ramrodded in anything. No siree. So I'm going to go out swinging and fighting and was, cussing and swearing. Was that Mac Yurko and Harry's show yeah, then? Yeah, it was MJH at the time. Wow. So that was early on. Is that the, well, only, is that mean, the only time you've gotten I mean, in trouble? If you look up Detroit Super Bowl when it was at the Silverdome or the Pontiac, you know, it was at the, yeah, it was at the Silverdome. Was it, it, was it, was it, in, was it in the media it column here Port- in Chicago at the time? N- nope. Oh, it wasn't? Nope. So nobody knew that you were suspended? Uh, I had three weeks of paid vacation. Three weeks? Of paid vacation. Yerk, that's a bad one. Yeah, we just called it Yerk was out on vacation. 
Well, typically that's when someone's in rehab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not in rehab. But like I said, the key was it was paid. And then, uh, you know, to wow. kind of get reinstated and everything, there was, a, there was a donation made to a local charity. So there was some there were some fiscal issues too. So you had to do it like a and little community Listen, service thing. After all of it, this is what happened. After that, I learned to be a little bit more professional in chaotic situations. Okay, it was fortunate that I didn't get blank canned. I'd be in the NFL coaching somewhere. That's yeah. what I'd be doing right yeah. now. I'd be out of media. I'd be coaching somewhere. Right. So, you know, I was either way at that point when I made the decision to go ballistic on the lawyers, I knew. It didn't make a difference because I was just going to be on the NFL sideline the next season, so it wasn't going to matter to me. Right. So I didn't want to be bullied, and it felt like I was being bullied. I was being ping-ponged between two barristers on the phone. Right. So. And it was on the phone. I let people know what I thought of them. And, you know, whenever it's the network lawyers, they're so far removed from every day as it is. I had met one of the individuals, and, you know, in talking to him, he was quite a personable fella. I had met the young lady in a different type of situation. And, man, you know what? Everybody's okay. Everybody just wants to get through their day, right? Everybody just wants to make it through their day in a peaceful manner. And I wasn't going to let it be so peaceful that day. I felt like I was being picked on. Wow. That's some good. That's a good tidbit that I did not know. Not a lot of discussion of that over the course of history. (laughs) And only, only a handful of guys were here at that time. I believe it was, you know, Mac, Harry, it was Sylvie and... Um, Carmen? Sylvie and Carmen were the only ones that were here at yeah. the time that are still here now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. See, those are the types of bits of history that you could get by joining us at our 25th anniversary show on yeah. March 24th at the House of oh, Blues. We have uh, Waddle and Sylvie coming up. We got crosstalk with them. Tyler Aki takes over from 6 until 8. This is Carmen and Yurko with Peggy sitting in. We'll be back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now. Live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Oh. You learn all kinds of things sitting in this chair in the old National Bank studio here at ESPN 1000. Did you get a year on that? Did you get a year on that yet? Um, No. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. I was trying to do some quick uh, uh, recognizance mission to find out uh, what exactly got you suspended back then. Yeah. Uh, It happens. Listen, everyone in their first first job in the real world outside of like, you know, it happens. We all get into trouble. Right. So it, it was probably 10% what happened on the air, 90% the way I reacted to the lawyers. True. 100%. Yeah. Because if it was the other way around, I would have been gone. It would it, it would have been over. It wouldn't have mattered. There would never have been a conversation with the lawyers. Yeah. It would have been 90% of what you said on the air. Yeah. So 10%, 90%, because everybody else wasn't even in jeopardy. My reaction, when I walked back into the office with the guys, I said, boys, I might have just gotten myself fired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's the way it works, you know? It's the way it works. So NFL free agency begins next week, and all eyes will be on what the Bears do because that will tell us a lot of which way they're leaning in the NFL draft coming up in April. Uh, interesting story by Jeremy Fowler about the uh, direct messages, the tweeting, the text messages that, that goes on before NFL free agency begins, and that's with players 
when agents or teams try to get their players to reach out to certain guys and kind of plant the seed and, and see if they would be interesting in coming to the Bears. So I love that stuff. I love finding out when guys are like texting each other. And well, now they do it on social media. Yeah, yeah they can just do it everywhere. Right out in the open. Do it on the open, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, Matt in Streamwood has been hanging on. He wanted to ask you a question about the, the news today. Diana Rossini is reporting that Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are, are close to hammering out a deal for him to uh, go to the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Would they use any of their uh, draft choices they get to move up to get a quarterback this year? Is, is, well, if, that's, they don't, if they don't believe in Jordan Love, that's one thing they might do. Yeah. Well, let's go to Matt. Matt's in Streamwood. Yeah, let's do it. Matt, welcome in on uh, Carmen and Yurko with Peggy sitting in. Hey, Yurko and Peggy, thanks for taking my phone call. Yurko, do you, do you think that, that Gutekus does believe in Jordan Love and that he's all intention is for him to be the starting quarterback or that he would not try to to trade up into the top ten to try to get one of those yes. possible top quarterbacks? Or I see Matthew Stafford is available by the LA Rams and the possibly and Rams don't have a pick that he used one of the 13 or 15 oh to give to the Rams to get Matt Stafford back I, in the division. I, I mean, you'd go with Stafford, who's not as good as Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't know why you'd go after a veteran quarterback. I think at this point they've committed. They've committed to go to a young quarterback. They're, they've committed to go to Jordan Love. They've got to find out right. answers out of Jordan Love. But Green Bay has always drafted quarterbacks, and that's when I asked you earlier. That's true. Aaron Brooks, is there reason? Is there reason to worry Ty Detmer. that with this, Mark they're Brunel. trying to move up in the draft to make another move, and that could take away from some of the Bears? Uh, they might, but I still don't think, that, again, the Bears' leverage comes in the fact that people think there's one or two guys that are the absolute absolute must-have quarterbacks and it looks like Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson's are at uh, Richardson uh, they're the two names that are up there as the guys that if we're going to make a move we're going to make a dramatic move and we want our guy we might have to go up to number one to make that move so whatever Green Bay does they're going to get uh, Stroud or they're going to end up getting uh, Will Levis Will Levis yeah if they, if they identify him them would be the quarterbacks they're looking for but you don't keep Jordan Le- Love on the roster behind a Hall of Fame quarterback and then be ready to move on from your Hall of Fame quarterback if you don't think Jordan Love has the requisite skills to be able to come in as their starter. I think they believe they've got a quarterback in Jordan Love. That's why they're more than happy to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Do you think a team like Arizona, even though that they just signed Murray last year, Kyler Murray, do you think that that's a team that people are talking about they could move down in this draft? But that's another... Move listen, back. yeah. Or move back. But listen, like there's... You have an opportunity to draft a quarterback. That doesn't come around very often. And if you're in that top 12 and you have an opportunity, to, I, I think that we're going to see a lot of moving. Now you're a coach there, right, in Arizona. Who's the new guy in Arizona? I, who, who is the new guy? Uh, Victor Kayam. I, I don't know. <laughs> Victor, Victor Kayam used to be the, the owner. Eagles defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. That's oh, it. Gannon, that's right. So Jonathan Gannon asks himself, what do I got to address on our team? Quarterback this year may not be the number one thing he's got to address on his team. Yeah, but now there's word leaking out that the players don't like Kyler Murray. They think he's got to grow uh, up. No, nobody likes. He's the not a leader. Nobody likes the quarterback. You know, nobody likes your quarterback. Nobody's a hundred percent in love with your quarterback. When Brett Favre was trying to find his way, not everybody was in love with the quarterback, and they wanted Mark Brunel to be the starter. And then against Minnesota, they actually yanked Brett Favre and called it to quotation marks a hip injury. 
They called it a hip injury. He was ineffective. He was playing terribly. John Randall had gotten the better of him. Henry Thomas had gotten the better of him. They were barking at him. And boom, he was playing ineffective. They put Brunel in. Brunel was ineffective also. That's when uh, Mike Holmgren made the decision, brought him over and said, you and I are either going to sink or swim. We're either going to get this thing done, we're going to lead this team to the Super Bowl, or we're going to fail miserably and we'll both be out of the league forever. And then they made the promise to each other, and then boom, after that, they propelled themselves on to 94, 95, 96, 97. They go into two Super Bowls. They won one of them. So that's what they did for each other at that time. But everybody questions their quarterback. Uh, who, I, who doesn't question their quarterback? Patrick Mahomes is not being questioned. That's what I was just going to say. Justin so. Herbert's probably not getting questioned out in San Diego. Jalen Hurts? They, they might be going, hey, we need a little bit better out of Josh Allen. We love Josh Allen. Seriously? Yes, but we need better out of Josh Allen. Yes. So are you telling me that the Bears players, uh, especially guys maybe on defense or whatever, you think that they're not all 100% behind Justin Fields? I, I think you change out 27 guys on this team this year. Well, that's what, yeah. And then next year you'll you're change out 20 hearing? guys. And then you're going to change out, you know. So, so the guy, whoever supports... Justin Fields or not, I think there's so much turnover in the NFL that each guy has to establish it within his own team every single year with only a handful of guys getting the benefit of the doubt. And I thought, like, we heard so much this year about Justin Fields being such a good leader and that the locker room, he totally has the locker room and guys love him and everyone says, that's my guy, that's my guy. But you think that they see his deficiencies as well? I think think you, you... You'd be blind not to see deficiencies yeah. in Justin Fields' game, in his passing game. You'd be blind if you didn't see him. They're there. I believe the quarterback gets better. The more he plays, the better off he is, and the better he becomes. So I don't have to make a decision on Justin Fields until after this year. And, and I'm hoping for continued development. Second year with the coordinator, players around him are going to get much better. Receivers are going to get much better. Um, he's going to become a better player. The game slowed down from last year. It needs to slow down a little bit more. And then he's going to find some more, uh, more talented wide receivers they had. I think all things are heading in the right direction for Justin Fields to become a better quarterback. And eventually one day he'll slip into the top ten. But I wouldn't hesitate halfway in the year if I think he's the player I think he's going to be to pick up his fifth-year option. It's going to be inexpensive. It's going to be easy. It's not going to be difficult. Plus the talent, you're going to be bringing him around him is going to be that much better. And Orlando Brown Jr., I believe, is the guy they should go after. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, well, Kansas City's got to know something. What does Kansas City know? Kansas City knows that he's going to be a very expensive player. Tyreek Hill became a very expensive player, and they were willing to move on from Tyreek Hill. But Tyreek Hill was still a stud with the Miami Dolphins. Nobody looked at Tyreek Hill and said, well, you know, Kansas City must know something about Tyreek Hill. No, Tyreek Hill's talented. He's expensive. He's going to get paid. We can't afford to keep him because we've got a quarterback that's going to be making $55 million. So we've got to move on, and we've got to hope we can find a way to replace him. Or our quarterback can make receivers a whole lot better than they actually are, which he's been able to do. Orlando Brown Jr. is a stud. He has become too expensive for them. They're not going to be able to afford to pay a left tackle $25 million. They realize that. Who can afford it? Somebody else is going to be able to afford it. Let's not commit those dollars to him. We might have a young kid that's coming up that we'll be able to replace him with or we'll address it in the draft. We'll get a left tackle that way and we'll let that kid learn. That's what happens in the NFL. It goes that way sometimes. Not that, they, oh, they know something about Orlando Brown. He's mm-hmm. 6'8", 340, and the second half of his year after holding out all of uh, training camp was a lot better than the first half of his year. Orlando Brown Jr. 
needs to be a Chicago Bear, needs to be their left tackle. He needs to get paid $24, 25000000 million a year. And now you're not worried about Justin Fields being cracked in half. That's it. Simple. You're right. He won't be cracked in half. I'm worried about Justin Fields being cracked in half. I know. We're going to continue that conversation tomorrow. We have uh, Crosstalk with Waddle and Sylvie coming up next. In the meantime, Yurko has the final word brought to you by Bath Planet. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final word. You had to have the last word. On Carmen and Yurko. Yeah. yeah. Well, she cleaned it up, and then she gave my husband the finger yeah, on the uh, way out. And then I would, then I would have said, know, get, "Keep the, your lazy blank, blank, blankety blank, blank," and I'd have followed her home and found out where she lived.